Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a message from one of the members of our teaching team, Shane Blau, who is teaching a message entitled, Could You Be Loved and Be Loved? Also, just want to remind folks that after this coming Sunday, the following Sunday, we will not be having our regular church service at our church building in downtown Covington. We will be at Bogachetta State Park out near Franklinton and uh, for our church-wide camping trip Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, we're going to do a little service out there at the Pavilion. So if you want to join us, feel free to come out there and we will gather for that at 11 o'clock. But for now, let's head to the talk. Thanks for listening. I want to talk briefly about something that, um, since Christmas asked me to speak this morning, I've been thinking about, you know, all around us right now, especially after this last week, we, we have, seems like we've been experiencing just sorrow for years and years now, uh, more than I can remember. And it might just be because I'm older now and I'm paying more attention, but uh, I'm just looking around and, and, and honestly, myself, not, not even for no other reason than for my own self, my own sanity and, and, and thought of salvation is what's going on and what are we to do? How, how are we supposed to continue going forward in this life when everything that we have put our faith and trust into from institutions to people to movements to ideologies, they're all failing and they have failed. And then that's really discouraging because you realize how fragile your world really is when you look at these things and you realize that all it is is people. And if we know people, there are intelligent ones, not so intelligent ones, good ones, bad ones. It's just a mixed bag that you really don't know what you're getting. And that can be scary. That can be very uneasy to rest in and have peace in because you don't, we don't know these institutions. We know mission statements. We know long-standing traditions, but everyone across the board right now is just experiencing sorrow that there seems to be no answer to. And, and we're trying to create different ways, create, bring back old ways and do them different. I mean, everyone's just scattering. And so for me, I've been thinking a lot about what is the principle of what I'm doing. The question isn't how do we be Christians, it's why are we Christians. The how seems to work itself out as we live this life. I didn't know how to be a good husband or how to be a father, but I got married because of the why, because I was in love, that I was willing to publicly stand in front of my friends and family and before God and commit myself not knowing what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> you know, it just it's all beautiful and wrapped up and everything's decorated at your wedding and it's just this beautiful moment and it continues to be beautiful but it but I didn't know how to be a husband or a father and so I've been thinking along those lines with Christianity of how and why do I do what would I do why do I believe what I believe why is any of this worth pursuing why isn't just live for me and and take care of my family and everyone good luck because we're we're not designed that way and I want to visit a portion of scripture that Jesus talked about that I believe 
is the foundation of it all, the constitution, if you will, of the kingdom of God and the nature of God. And it's one that Jesus emphasized over and over again in the Gospels. And I would like to read that to you. The scripture is in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. It might be on your bulletin. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It continues on that when Jesus spoke to disciples regarding the first and second greatest commands, he explained that all the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Basically, everything that we believe hinges on this. The way, we, the way we believe that we look at others, we look at ourselves, how we interact in this world, what we pursue in this world, it all hinges on love. The prophets have less power than love. The law has less power than love. Thank God. And when I think about this, it really stands out that Love is not a gray area in scriptures. You know, I, I love theology. I love talking theology, and there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of room for ideas and discussion and debate, and these things are good, and they're healthy, and we should be interacting in these things. But what we build up our life upon cannot be things that are shifting, not for me anyway, because it, it does something to me. It, it takes peace away. It takes rest away, which are the very things that Christ commands us to live in and promises us that we can live in. And at times when I'm going through my methodology of Christianity, my service to Christianity, my uh, culture of Christianity, it's easy to lose sight of love and just get busy. And when we find ourselves too busy to be loved by God and to love ourselves, a lot of things can get out of order. A lot of things can become mundane. A lot of things can become skewed because it takes on a selfish ambition almost. I'm a worker. I enjoy working. I'm not good at a lot of things in life, but one thing I am good at is being a gopher. It's, I've been a glorified gopher my whole life, basically, for people. And I have found at times whenever I was working for people that I was just a gopher to, and we didn't have this relational connection, I found myself, it usually took about six months, eight months, a year, thoughts would start creeping in. Like, here I am doing all this stuff and reaping what, you, you know what I'm saying? You start thinking a little bit too much about, now I'm not saying don't let yourself get played, but my attitude of my heart would begin to change. I would grow suspect of people. I would grow cautious of relationship of people. But love is not a gray area in scriptures. Jesus gave love priority over all of the Christian virtues, every thought, response, and act of goodwill must pass through the filter of love. That, that, that's, that's insane and powerful. And, I, and when I think about this, I thought of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. In today's culture, love has a lot of different uses. We say it's a word that's been played out over and over again. I play it out. But really what love is, I believe, it, it is, it's a lot of things, but in this context, I believe it is it's strength. You have to be strong to live in love. Corinthians tells us love is patient and it is kind. That is not easy. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. That is not easy. It does not demand its own way. 
It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrongdoing. That is really hard. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. We can learn some of this in our political discord today. <laughs> Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful, and endures through all circumstances. And it is hard. Weakness and love do not go hand in hand. There, there are forms of love that come across as just let it be. And I understand that. I really do. I'm, I'm not, I've not mastered this by any means. I am still very much learning how to love, to do the how part of this Christianity day in and day out. And really when failure comes along, that's where we get to get strength from love for ourselves. We have to have this idea and this drive to be loved because if we if we are not if love is experienced and that is why i asked the question could you be loved because being loved is not just hugs and kisses real love isn't it's not and you have to have intentionality with love and so when i think about this it really begins to pull in pull out the things in us am i am i lovable am i vulnerable to love? Am I open to love? Because love is sometimes opening you up to new things and new ways, new ideas, new paths. And when it's unfamiliar, it could be scary. Yeah? So I think about how do we do this? And I go back to God, the first commandment, the greatest. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, meaning just that be vulnerable be present, be intentional with God, with your spiritual journey, and he will be intentional with you. And, and as we are intentional with God about love, we begin to see the attitude of God's heart towards us, which is love. God is love. The essence of God is love. And that attitude comes out towards us. And that attitude, what is beautiful about it, is that you begin to find, it's kind of like falling in love. It really is. Just like with your wife or husband today, boyfriend, girlfriend, it starts out as, that as an, for the most part, as an attraction, a curiosity about someone. And as you pursue that, you begin to find uh, new dynamics, new discoveries and developments in your life. Like, you know, Sarah, I, I would go, I'm kind of a creeper now that I think about it, but Sarah used to li- uh, work down on Lee Lane, and I was a wreck, and, and I would just go, you know, go park in the parking lot and build up the courage to go in there and try to start a conversation. One time, I was so awkward, I actually got up and just went to the bathroom for a minute and just stood there like, I don't know what to say to this girl. You know, it was really embarrassing. I was discovering new insecurities about myself because of love. I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to act. It's, an, it's a wonderful thing. But as we pursue this with God, we, we realize that there's an authentic personal grace for an authentic relationship with him. And, and, and what that means is, for me, uh, really grace, and that's another term that I, I've had to redevelop in my life, but I summed it up as grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. Grace is that voice in your mind, in your ear, that subconscious, that when you're, you're getting ready to blow up at someone, justifiably perhaps, or someone blows up on you, or you find yourself in a place where the voice of love is calling you to extend mercy. That's, what, that's all grace is. It's the, it gives us awareness about who we are, the truth of what we are, 
but it also at times it can feel like I can't measure up to that. There's no way I can forgive or excuse. And all these things are not instantaneous moments. These are processes that we walk out in our life. But the beautiful thing about this is we're receiving love from God and we're pursuing that love for God. The grace that comes gives us the ability to step into the purpose of who, how, of who we are and how we are to live. That's really what we're all going after, right? How do we live? What's the best way to live? What's the best way to interact with one another? And this is what this grace does. It brings us in that purpose of a better way of living with God, with neighbor, in creation, in peace. That sounds like the kingdom. That sounds like heaven or earth. Could you imagine? No strife, no anger, no injustice. The purposes of God being lived out through you and in you. It's reciprocal. It just continues and continues and continues. And you learn to navigate through the how of life because you have established the why in life. Why am I here? I don't know your function of why you're here, what job, what calling, what giftings you have. Those are all functions of our life. But the purpose of our life, the foundation of creation, is love and the living in that and the exercising of that, and the imparting of that, and the receiving of that. There's a better way. And so, I would say that love is an overall attitude of the heart, consisting of feelings, posture, and action. Feelings are wonderful. There's no greater feeling in the world than the feeling of love, whether it's butterflies in your stomach from romance or the warm embrace of a longtime spouse. The feeling of love is amazing, and it has its purposes. But love is just not a feeling. That love, as it's discovered and developed in your life, will lead you into a posture of love, an attitude, an aura. You ever get around people and you just, some people got good vibes, some people not. I'm not, I'm just saying that just you can feel things, right? People, I'm sure I don't have the best aura all the time. I have things in life, but we project these things. And that is really a posturing of our attitude, of our spiritual composure towards others, towards the world around us. And this is where I feel that Christianity today has really lost, has lost its weight. Because we're not posturing in love. We're posturing in defense. We're posturing in attack. We're posturing in excuses, but we're not posturing in love. We tell people how to live without living it. And then as you develop this posture towards life and other people that seeks a way of giving, serving, and blessing others rather than endless preoccupation with your own desires... You, that you begin to learn how to live life. And I believe as you go through these steps of feelings and posture, ultimately you, you land in a place of love as an action. Love is best understood as a verb. For love that does not act or engage with others can hardly be called loved at all. Sometimes this action comes naturally with the ones closest to us, but other times the action of love is more of a choice. God so loved the world that he chose to give. Not Christianity. 
not Christians, not people that only read the Bible or have the understanding of the Trinity of God and all these wonderful theological things that we talk about and we discuss, but we don't experience because they're out there. Love is now. Love is in the present. It's a choice. And it's a choice that we must make. For Jesus said this, if you love only the ones that love you, then you are no different from everyone else in the world. But if you love your enemies, if you love the unlovable, the ones who cannot repay you, then you reveal your relation to the Heavenly Father. What is eternal life, the Bible tells us? It's just to know the Father. Just to know the Creator. And this is what we're talking about. Intimacy, knowing, being loved, giving love, being loved, giving love, being loved, giving love. It's a very simple process, but it requires the intention of it. We do not love our enemies because we feel like it, but because that this is the very kind of love that God showed us. And that's really what we're talking about. It is, how, how can we as a people of faith receive something so great as the grace of God in our life and a call into a relationship with him and yet disregard others? Cut relationships off because of political views. Cut relationships off because of what pew you sit in on a Sunday morning at what facility and what church and what address. We have pastors that just go to war with each other over theology. Theology is crafted. Love is commanded. I would also say this, we'll be wrapping up here soon, that love is courageous. And this is the hard part about, about love for me, I think. It's, it's whenever you have to step out into someone else's life. It's, it's hard to do. Uh, I really do admire what, what Ricky does week in and week out at Celebrate Recovery because, man, that, <laughs> I couldn't imagine trying to help people navigate their life and decisions and 20, 30 years of problems and things that he had nothing a part of, but people begin to put that ownership on you. And in that, you have to have courageousness. Sometimes loving someone actually means confronting them or having to have a hard conversation with people that we care about. But how can we know if the desires to confront someone is coming from a place of love or just our own judgmental minds? And I think this is key. To confront someone as an act of love should be very difficult. Love takes no pleasure in confrontation. I don't like correcting my kids. I don't like having to speak to them firmly or, or, or make them cry or, or hurt their feelings. I don't like that, but it, it is necessary sometimes. And in, in the book of Hebrews, it states that the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. Sometimes being loved means we don't get what we want. Sometimes loving others means that we care enough to not just simply give them what they want when they want it, but to give them what they need, which is something much greater. And this is love. This is love. Putting someone else's benefit, their security, in front of your own at times. 
Now, I'm not saying that you should be a doormat. And you shouldn't take just a take. But as you walk through this process of feelings and posture and action, those things become clear. How do you do these things? The Spirit gives it to you. It comes from maturity, just like anything in life. I mean, you, you, I, I sit back here and I listen to the band, and it's amazing. They can come in. They just start practicing, throwing stuff together. I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about. And the end product is just so perfect. You're like, they had all these little things or asking each other questions about. And then when it comes time to play, it just happens. Experience. They've been through it. They know the melodies. They know the feeling. They know where to land. They know how to move it. They know how to craft it because they've been through the process of it. And love is just that. It is a process. I'm still learning how to be loved. I never had a dad growing up, really. I, I, I've been around abuse throughout my life, and those things carry. I don't, I don't hide that. But by confronting it, by looking at it and, and not claiming to it and not grasping to it, it frees me to really get to a point to where I begin to walk this journey out of love and not out of fear. Walking out of hope and not, not out of resistance. Now, I did mention a better way, and that's where I want to get to. Feelings are powerful. Posture is powerful and action is powerful. And in, these, and in love, we can discover dynamics and develop dynamics. It's very important to understand these two things, discovering and developing. You're going to do both throughout your life, I hope. And as we walk this, as, as we do what Jesus com- actually commanded us to do, which is just follow me. Just follow me. I will teach you my theology. He will teach you his ways, his truth, because they are higher than our ways and our truth. But the dynamics that come into play as we learn to prioritize being loved and being loved with people, again, it's, it comes back to feelings. But those feelings can develop trust. And what a powerful feeling that is, right? Trust and security. I mean, man, we, we, could, we could use more of it. <laughs> I struggle with this the most out of anything in my life. I'll just be honest, it's trust. It is the number one thing I struggle with, with other people around me. Serving them, helping them, being there for them, working for them, not an issue. Trusting, that's a different one. But when we grasp love and it begins to develop in us, and we, be, we begin to discover how to use it, we develop trust the ability to live in secure relationship with God and others, feelings. The posture creates a posture of gratitude, I believe. The ability to appreciate and acknowledge what one has without any reservation of judgment. And the action is nothing more than generosity. The ability to bless others by enjoying giving over getting. These are really the pillars of our faith. I do get excited about Christian culture sometimes. Since the 90s, it's really just been going downhill, to be honest with you. I mean, it's the 90s were a special time for Christianity. But we live and learn. And we must give each other allowances to do that. But whenever we're scarred by, by abuse or we're scarred by past experiences with people that should have loved us and let us down, it removes trust. It scars your heart. And once you remove trust, you remove gratitude. 
And when you remove gratitude, there's no generosity. So how can we operate in love if we don't have these dynamics in our life? Christians today have to be more concerned about love than being right. That's really our generation's number one problem. We're more concerned about being right. My team wins. Tribalism wins. And this is a complete contradiction to the ways and teachings of Jesus Christ. For me, I honestly do believe this. What am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Could I be doing something better? Is there a better way to live? I look all the time. I like to read and explore. But what I keep coming back to is that there is no other person in the world like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took what was impossible, took what bred contentment, took what bred hatred and religious persecution and hypocrisy, and he broke it down to just two commandments for you. That's why I know God loves me. (laughs) He didn't give me a laundry list. Just two things. Just two. Let's spend our time working to master these two things of being loved and loving. And I do know that there are people in this world that as much as that sounds good right now, you know that that may not be your reality. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you've been hurt by relationships. Maybe, maybe life's just doing what life does sometime and taking a toll. Utilize this community. Allow us to love you. Don't hide out of shame. Don't hide because you don't want to talk about your problems or bring it about because you might be embarrassed. I promise you. Uh, the fact that Christman lets me speak is pretty, tells you the standard. <laughs> Thanks, son. How's my little boy? Um, so, yeah, so this morning as we I close this out, I just want us to think about a few things because this is what the question really comes down to. Are you willing to be loved by God knowing what that fully entails, which is complete openness and transparency, complete vulnerability, complete honesty? That's, that, that's hard. And then are you willing to love other people? We're all we're got. This is it. This is earth. <laughs> it's us. We're here now. We're here now. And it's like, I mean, just, it's like that, man. It really does trip me out. Like, I've been in, like, a little midlife crisis at 32. Just because I'm like, man, you know, just one more round, I'm in my 60s. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying that's all, but it's just, you're, you're jumping. You're jumping. You're jumping. And what are we doing? I want the realness of the gospel. Either this is truth or it is not. I want to see the power of God in the earth where people are truly encountering the spirit of God on their own. The spirit of God is at work all day, every day. Constantly, the the voice of grace is calling us into a better way of living. But it's a choice to be loved. It's a choice to allow yourself to be loved. And so as you go today, I'll just ask you a few questions. What are some relationships in your life that God may be inviting you into 
to adopt a posture of love towards, an attitude of love towards. Number one. Number two, in what way might we engage in, in the activity of love this week? That's what I love about this stuff. You know, I know that famous scripture, uh, and the Lord says, test me, last book of the Old Testament. It says, test me in this. And of course, he's talking about a different subject. They're, they're referring to more of supplies at that time. But I just feel that way in general. All right, God, I'll test you. Not in an arrogant way. And not in a, you know what I'm saying? But like, okay, if he said love is a better way, and that will create a better way in my life and other people, then test him in this. Do it. Be it. And there is no instruction book on how. He just gives us the principle of why we should. And we discover and develop the benefits of those things in our life as we walk it out. I need you to be patient with me, and I promise to be patient with you. I need you to be kind to me, and I give it to you. It, it's a reciprocal thing. So I want to close with that today. Could you be loved? And could you love? And that is a choice that we all have to make. And it will find us out one day. Life will give us the opportunity to either be the voice of discord, the voice of division, or we have the voice of love, and that, the power in that. It's not, it's not in the laying of hands. It's not in the speaking of tongues. Because if you do all that without love, you've done nothing, Paul wrote. Let's pursue this today. As a community, let us push, push each other today. As a community, to strive to better be loved ourselves and to love one another. Yes? Awesome. Love you guys. You have a wonderful day. You're dismissed.